And I think ultimately that this problem of, of sin and pain and why God doesn't always step in is something that is always going to be difficult. Hi, welcome to the Sevi Sit-Down, a place of free-thinking Seventh-day Adventist discussion. I'm your host, Jed Frias, and our Bible thought of today is taken from Jeremiah 31, verse 16 to 17, and I'll be reading from the New King James Version. And it says, Thus says the Lord, Refrain your voice from weeping and your eyes from tears, for your work shall be rewarded, says the Lord and they shall come back from the land of the enemy. There is hope in your future, says the Lord, that your children shall come back to their own border. That is the favorite Bible verse of our guest for today, Victoria Lim. Victoria is a fourth-year nursing student at Ryerson University. She is currently the youth leader of the Scarborough Filipino Seventh-day Adventist Church. She is the Vice President of Communications for ACF North American Division Student Association and the former President of Mustard Seed, the ACF chapter in downtown Toronto. Hi Victoria and welcome to the show. Hi Jed, thanks for having me. Can you please tell our listeners why that's your favorite Bible verse? Um, well, I really like this verse because it's a reminder to me that uh, when doing ministry, God sees our effort and that our works shall be rewarded. And so for me, that's, it's really encouraging to remember that God uh, sees our effort and He promises that nothing we do is in vain. Can you please tell us a bit about your religious background? Yeah, sure. So. Well, my parents were born um, in Kazakhstan, which is, if you don't know where that is, it was, uh, used to be part of the Soviet Union, so communist Russia. And my parents were raised communist atheists, but through a series of events, they became Christian, they became Adventists, they moved to Canada, and they're actually baptized at Willowdale. So I was raised as a, as an ad, in an Adventist family, and yeah, I don't know if that answers the question, but... <laughs> Okay, so you were raised Adventist, but yeah. when, what is your testimony? When did you truly become a Christian? Yeah, um, well, for me, like, I grew up going to church, and I really knew, like, a lot of Bible stories and stuff, but I think a turning point came when I had a conversation with my sister, um, and somehow she had brought up the idea of knowing God personally for yourself. And I thought that was really, really radical. And it was very odd because I didn't think that, like, I didn't realize that someone could have a relationship with an individual that you can't see, that you can't hear audibly, but you can still have a relationship with them. And so after that conversation, I made, like, a really decided effort to try to get to know God for myself. So I started taking every opportunity I could to get to know God. So. I started reading the Bible for myself. I started um, going to church um, more regularly, like Wednesday, like all the services. So like Wednesday prayer night meeting, and I started like listening to Bible stories more, things like that, like small things. And I really 
I really began to see God, uh, God's character, and I really was amazed by who he was, who he is. And because I started like trying to interact with God, I could see that he was actually working in my life. He would answer small prayers, and I was really young at the time, so he would answer small prayers that I had, or um, I could just see him working in my life. And as as a kid, I I began to develop this really love for God and um, an understanding that he cared about me. And so that's how I started. Okay, so when I asked you to do this interview, I asked you something that you're like, what are you interested in? And you told me that you're interested in evangelism. So uh, what does evangelism mean to you? Well, I think, so I'm going to start off with like what I used to think evangelism was and then compare it to my perspective now. Um, So I think like when I started like finding Christ for myself, I got really excited and I wanted to tell everyone about it. But I kind of had this idea that evangelism is about fixing people's ideas and worldview. So I thought that we have to like teach people doctrinal truths and until they believe that the Sabbath is the seventh day, they're not going to find Jesus. <laughs> and so <laughs> and so I, I saw it like that. And I also think um, I saw in my early walk with Christ, I saw evangelism more of like an obligation kind of like, if you want to be saved, you, you kind of have to do evangelism. And I think we still think about it like that. But over the years, my perspective has changed a lot. I'm really seeing that, or understanding now, that evangelism is just sharing Christ's love with other people. So this world is just so messed up by, by sin, and a lot of us have a really hard time understanding what true love looks like. And God, I think, originally designed um, relationships to teach us about love. Like, we learn about love from our parents and from our family. But because no parent is perfect, uh, we all have a skewed understanding of what it means to be truly loved. And so when we truly understand God's perfect love for humanity, and for us personally as an individual, that's when uh, we become transformed by that love. And so I think the goal of evangelism isn't necessarily teaching them, like, about the sanctuary message or about judgment, but it's helping them understand God's love for them, even if it means uh, doing something small, like buying their bubble tea or um, listening to them vent or something like that. So I think evangelism is really just sharing God's love with people. Okay, so I think that answer kind of touches upon my next question, but what philosophy do you hold when conducting evangelism? Yeah, I think evangelism is really about God trying to reach the individual. Yeah, I mean, I talked about it already, but like evangelism, I think evangelism should be more about the people that God is trying to reach, not condemning them, but meeting them where they're at and um, revealing Christ's love to them. Okay, so let's put that idea of evangelism into practice. What exactly does evangelism look like in different settings? For example, one-on-one evangelism versus in a group or to friends versus to coworkers or to strangers or whatever? Hmm. That's a really good question because there are so many different ways that you can show God's love to people. Commonly, I guess, like, I think the Adventist church is really good or maybe cultural Adventists are always taught how to do evangelism to strangers 
And it's usually the type of evangelism that most of us find a little awkward and a little uncomfortable, like, you know, going door to door and selling Christian books or like handing out flyers to strangers. And I think like those definitely have their place and their effect. I've done canvassing and I really enjoy it sometimes, but <laughs> I think like there's so many other ways that we can do evangelism. In more recent years, I think I've developed the understanding that just inviting someone out for lunch, like that in itself could be evangelism. You know, just sitting with them, listening to them, asking them questions, getting to know them, that's ministry. Like you see Jesus, that's what he did too. Like he met the woman at the well, he talked to Nicodemus. And uh, there's so many instances where Jesus had personal interactions with people and he just talked to them one-on-one. -on -one. And I think that's something that we might lack as, as Christians sometimes where we don't love people enough to try to get to know them and we don't make time for them sometimes. Um, so, yeah, I think that's one of the most effective ways to do evangelism is one-on-one -on -one, um, personal friendship evangelism. So what would you say are some of the best evidences for Christianity and more specifically Adventism? Well, there's a number of different ways you could look at it. On the more like scientific, I guess, or historical perspective, there's a lot of archaeological evidence for the validity of the Bible and that it's actually a very, very reliable, a reliable source of information, especially the New Testament. But um, a good portion of the Old Testament has also been verified like through archaeology and if you, you might have heard about things like the Dead Sea Scrolls. There's just so many manuscripts that really support that the Bible that we have today is actually pretty much the exact same as the originals. Yeah, so there's that. Then there's also fulfilled prophecy. I think the Bible has actually predicted the future accurately. So if you look at prophetic stories like Daniel chapter 2 with the image Nebuchadnezzar's dream of the image, we see that pretty much everything up until up to the second coming has been fulfilled. The only thing that hasn't been fulfilled yet is the second coming. So we see that Europe is still divided, like was predicted. We see the different kingdoms. And um, the Bible is just so accurate in terms of prophecy that um, there's a lot of evidence to believe that it's true. And I think also... One of the strongest evidences for me that God is real, that Christianity is true, and that he's still present and involved in our lives is the power of personal testimonies. When I hear people's stories, when I hear what God has done for them in their own lives, it's real, it's real life evidence of God still being active and involved in our lives today. So I think those are just some of, just a few of the uh, reasons why Christianity is still valid today. So what about the opposite? What is something you have difficulty believing or something you don't believe or agree with? Um, I haven't really found anything that I don't really believe with in terms of our Adventist doctrinal beliefs, the, the main ones. But something that I did have difficulty understanding growing up was um, reconciling the fact that God is all loving, good, and powerful, and yet uh, there's still so much suffering um, and tragedy in the world. Um, I kind of have a mild obsession with atrocities and 
really bad things that happen in this world, like uh, major genocides and things like that. So growing up, I couldn't understand how and why God would allow really bad things like the Holocaust or like what happened in Cambodia with the Khmer Rouge or or things that happened during World War II, like in the Soviet Union. I couldn't understand like how God could be so good and yet so many people, um, so many innocent people lost their lives. And I think I was able to reconcile this by understanding God and the principle that he operates on. Because God is a God of love, he doesn't force his creatures to do anything. Instead, he gives us moral freedom and the freedom to choose because love without freedom isn't really love. So because of that, um, a lot of the bad things that happen in our world isn't because God willed for it to happen or God caused it to happen. Instead, it's because humans make bad decisions because of sin. And a lot of the the disasters that happen in our world, like genocides and things like that, those are really just a result of the poor decisions that humanity has made. But I think also, at the same time, that doesn't, that of course doesn't explain all the pain and suffering in the world, because there's definitely some things that happen that, um, there are some bad things that happen that aren't a result of uh, someone's bad decision. And I think ultimately this problem of of sin and pain and why God doesn't always step in is something that is always going to be difficult, at least for now, for us to understand because God has many reasons for doing the things he does. And a lot of these reasons we probably wouldn't understand. So he doesn't spend a lot of time explaining explaining it to us. And I think there's a verse in Job where I can't remember if it was Job or if God was talking to Job or to his friends, but God says something on the, along the lines of, why do you talk so much when you know so little? Um, we think like we're smarter than God and we think that we know how he should be acting. But in fact, uh, God knows God knows better. And I think he gives us enough evidences to know and trust that all of the bad things that happen in our world, they aren't his will, but... Sometimes they happen, and that's just the the way this world is, unfortunately. But the amazing thing is that one day God will God promises to restore the world so that there will never have to be suffering um, or pain again. And so I think that's something that we can look forward to, despite all the suffering in the world. So why Adventism specifically? Why do you choose to be an Adventist rather than another form or denomination of Christianity? Mm-hmm. Well, I think the easiest answer is that I was raised Adventist. <laughs> <laughs> but um, at the same time, I think that um, I, w- I was blessed to be raised Adventist. But um, looking at the Adventist church, what we teach and what we believe, I think, of course, I have a biased opinion, but I think we have uh, the clearest and most accurate description uh, of who God is. For example, many Christians, not to bash on other denominations, but many Christians say that they believe that God is love, and yet they still um, teach the doctrine of eternal hell and predestination. And it is impossible for a God to be a God of love if 
those two things exist, eternal hell and predestination, because those two things mean that God is not a God of love. So, And by eternal hell, you mean? Like burning forever and ever. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, because, like, to any normal person, you can't reconcile those two things. We can't say that God is a God of love if he has predestined for you to suffer for the rest of eternity it just doesn't make sense so i think we're consistent in that aspect also i think we have the clearest understanding of what jesus is doing right now and his role in the heavenly sanctuary i believe uh we're the only denomination that actually teaches the sanctuary message and other christians don't really know what jesus is doing in heaven why did he have to go back to heaven why why hasn't he come back yet you know things like that but the Adventist Church, I believe, has has the most accurate and subs- most substantial answer to that question because, um, as we know, Jesus is in the heavenly sanctuary right now, in the most holy place, interceding for our sins. And, and we also have a work to do here on earth, which is why he hasn't come back yet. Um, I think we also have the most clear understanding of how God deals with the sin problem. And this is also found in the sanctuary message through through justification and sanctification and eventually glorification, God God is able to solve the sin problem that um, that happened uh, in the Garden of Eden. Also, prophecy. I think prophecy really... Um, the prophecy that the Adventist Church, or the way the Adventist Church interprets the books of Daniel and Revelation is pretty spot on from what I can see so far. Yeah, so prophecy is definitely another reason why choose to be part of the Adventist church. Um, I think other churches have a very vague understanding of the Daniel and Revelation. And not only do they have a vague understanding, some of them just don't even study it. So I think the Adventist church does a good job of, of really like thoroughly studying it up. Also, I think that the Adventist church really strives to follow the Bible word for word and um, really applies it like with the Ten Commandments, we keep the Sabbath, things like that. So, yeah. So, in short, I think that that the Seventh Day Adventist Church has the clearest understanding of God and in, in the Bible. What is the strongest way to grow in your faith? That, that's a good question. The strongest way I think uh, to grow in your faith is to just um, to just take the risk of trusting God. I think a lot of the times, or for me personally, I'm not a risky person. I don't take risks like ever, <laughs> unless the benefits outweigh the risk, then I won't take the risk. But or the ways that I've grown in my faith the most are all the times when I took the risk of trusting God, whether that's in ministry or um, just trusting him with the outcome events. I think only our faith can grow if we're willing to, to allow God to do his thing and not take control of the situation all the time. Uh, So you talked a lot about, theoretically, why Seventh-day Adventist Church makes the most sense. What about, like, in practice? So what are some Mm -hmm. of the strengths of the Seventh-day Adventist Church that we can see? Hmm. One thing I can say about the Adventist Church that I really, really love is kind of the consistency in the Adventist Church. I mean, this is kind of funny to say because the Adventist Church isn't very consistent all the time, but in some ways there are a lot of consistencies with the Adventist Church, like the Sabbath school lesson. 
I don't believe there's any other denomination that has like a worldwide sab like something similar to the Sabbath school lesson that we all study together. I think that's really cool. Um, also, like our structure in the service is very similar, so I could go to any any country in the world, visit an Adventist church, and it's all very familiar because the Adventist church is very well structured. I think other strength is I think we have a really good community. We have like we know that potlucks is a big thing for Adventist churches. We have like a really strong community, especially in certain certain places like. Ontario, I think, has a really strong Adventist community, but there's also places like Adventist hotspots or whatever. I think the Adventist church has really built a good community. Yeah, those are just the things that I like about the Adventist church. Not that they apply to <laughs> <laughs> apply across the board, but like, no. <laughs> okay, so where does the church need improving? Um, a lot of places. <laughs> but I think like, I think one of the biggest weaknesses in the Adventist church is that we have a hard time, like, really showing God's love. We're really good at, like, just preaching and trying to teach people doctrinal things and telling people that the Adventists have the truth. But I think we sometimes fail in truly, like, showing God's love to people. We get so caught up in things like women's ordination or, like, you know, just issues amongst ourselves that we often fail to to really embody the love of Christ and really really be like him here on earth and I think that's like that's one of the biggest downfalls of the Adventist church so I think if we um, really embodied the love of God and truly loved God and loved other people the way that Christ intended us to I think um, that the Adventist church would be a very uh, different place than it is sometimes now so I guess that leads to my next question. Why do you think people are leaving the church? I think um, this is a really like big question that's been discussed a lot. And I think um, there's a lot of reasons, but one of the biggest reasons is that people aren't really seeing God for who he truly is. And I think that sometimes the church, like I said, does a bad job of really representing God and his character to to those that come to our church and Jesus said like if he I think in John he says like if I am lifted up I will draw all men to myself and I think that's the problem oftentimes we don't make Christ the center of our church and we we start like focusing on things that aren't really that important and people don't see Christ anymore and and they leave the church which is completely understandable because um they were coming to church for God, and if they're not finding him there, then why would they stay? Okay, so let's uh, talk more about your ministries or the ministries that you're involved with. As I mentioned earlier, you are the Vice President of Communications for ACF North American Division Student Association. Um, that's a long title, but uh, <laughs> what exactly do you do in that role? For communications, I mostly um, I run the social media accounts. Um, I respond to emails. Even though we have like set out roles, there's a lot of overlap I think between the roles because a lot of the other people on the student association they're um, they're like PhD students and 
they're more experienced in life than I am. So they help me out a lot in like other areas in terms of like um, marketing and marketing for ACF and things like that. Um, but also like we fill in for each other. So when um, at ACFI, our yearly uh, institute event where we train students how to do campus ministries, um, some of the student association wasn't able to be there. So I filled in for like other people's roles. So we kind of fill in for each other, but communications mostly is social media, emails, and promotion of ACFI, uh, ACF and ACF Institute. Uh, you were also the president of Mustard Seed, the ACF uh, campus ministry of downtown Toronto. Yeah. Um, so what are the things that you did uh, during your presidency? Yeah, so <clears throat> Mustard Seed originally was at U of T Toronto downtown. Yeah, U of T downtown campus. Um, and it was it was just at U of T, but um, I'm a Ryerson student, and I really wanted to see like more involvement from other campuses. So um, we established Mustard Seed as a ACF chapter at Ryerson. Um, that was our first thing. And then um, because we were a fairly new ministry, one of my goals were, was just to like make it more um, more of a stable organization, I guess, um, in terms of like having regular attendees, regular Bible studies, and one of the things that I aimed for the most or one of my biggest goals was not only to have like a solid regular group coming, but to also have a lot of depth to the Bible studies that we were having. I think a lot of young people today don't want shallow Christianity and they don't want, you know, just like, they don't want to just hear nice things, but they want to actually like understand who God is, especially with like post-secondary students, a lot of a lot of students are really deep thinkers, and um, I really wanted to create an environment where Adventist young people could really go deep in the Word of God and really not be surface level. So those were the two main objectives I think I had. Do you believe that mm-hmm. you uh, accomplished those goals? Yeah, for the most part, I think so. Mustard Seed now is doing very, very well. Over my term as president and last year as well, we've started having like around 20 regular attendees. So that was really great. And the Bible studies have always been pretty good. Like there are always times when I'd go to Mustard Seed and I just feel so amazed afterwards. And I learned a lot from the Bible studies other people had. And uh, I think there was a lot of depth to the Bible studies we had. And I know people... People would come because they appreciated the depths of the Bible studies we had at Mustard Seed. So uh, Mustard Seed is still going in that direction, even though you're not president? Yeah, I think so, for sure. Yeah. Okay, so if you were still president, <laughs> what would you add? Um, so right now, Chantelle is the president, and I think she's doing a really good job, especially in terms of expanding Mustard Seed. I think when I was president, we weren't able, we just didn't have the manpower to do a lot of events, do a lot of outreach kind of things. Yeah, we didn't have the manpower yet for that, even though we tried a couple of times. But Chantal has really been doing a good job of like specifically creating special events to welcome students or movie nights and things like that just to try to do more outreach. So 
that's definitely where I would have taken it. And I think Chantal's doing a great job of doing that. Okay, what are some of your other current ministries that you're involved with? More recently, I've gotten more involved with um, with my local church, with Scarborough Filipino. So we have a, a leadership team of about five people. Yeah, five people. And yeah, one of my goals has been really to help the youth at our church grow a lot in their spiritual faith. So we've been doing regular sundown worships twice a month. And recently we started doing outreach twice a month as well. So we actually go door to door. And it's been really like terrifying for most of the young people <laughs> at our church. Understandably so. I definitely don't blame them. But they've actually, like we did a special training on it and they've actually uh, grown to appreciate it more. I, I don't think they could say that they love it, but I think they see the value in it and the power of it because they've actually been able to have some really good experiences so far. And so, um, yeah, we've been working on that. We've also been trying to work with other churches more. So over the summer, we had um, a joint camping trip with Faith Filipino and Toronto Filipino Adventist Church. So yeah, TPAC. Um, so yeah, we had a joint, more joint events with other churches because um, I think part of growing in your spiritual walk is being able to meet other Adventists and be encouraged by their faith. So yeah, we've just been been uh, growing in that way. Okay, when you mm -hmm. said that you were taking the youth going door to door, <laughs> what was the uh, goal behind that? Was it to sell a book or something? Or not sell, but give a book <laughs> or just talk to the people? Or? Yeah, so we the way we do it, um, we go door to door and we give them a glow track and we offer prayer with them. So it's very simple. And some of our youth have actually been able to pray with a few people and they've had like really good experiences. We've only done it a, a couple of times so far. Like this is a really new initiative we've started. And I can tell you, I, I was really like nervous at first because I was like, none of the youth are going to go. Like This is going to be a disaster. I don't know why we're trying. <laughs> um, that's like the realist slash pessimist in me. But um, I just thought, well, we might as well. So we did. And like, I was so amazed. Like I prayed a lot and God, yeah, God really moved. And, and a lot of the youth came out and we've gone more than once so far. And I mean, I don't want to speak too soon, but I hope that like this becomes more regular. I just would really love for for evangelism to be like a regular part of um, the youth's ministry, not just like amongst our sticking amongst amongst ourselves. So yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, we're working on that. Um, what are some of the challenges in your current ministries? For me, like my biggest challenge is myself in terms of, and I know that sounds really cliche, but like um, myself in terms of like I'm have a hard time I'm not a very visionary person because like I just stick with reality and like what's reasonably expected to happen or whatever but one of the biggest challenges for me is like seeing or having faith in God that we can do more that things can be better yeah I think that's one of the biggest challenges for me is like to have the faith and the vision that God has for for these ministries and I think in general, it's just hard to, I, okay, I think the hardest part, honestly, is really establishing strong relationships with the people that um, I'm trying to minister to and with. Um, that's the hardest part because 
you don't necessarily click with everybody and sometimes you have different interests and I think the most effective way of evangelism or ministry is one-on-one -on -one personal like relationships and yeah so like I've been a while since I've been at Scarborough Filipino it's been like maybe three four years but sometimes I feel like I still don't have as deep of a relationship with everybody that I would like to have in order to minister effectively and and help the youth grow more spiritually. What is your hope for the Adventist Church? What do you want the church to look like in the future? What I would really like is that, and I'm talking about like the world church, like on a bigger scale, not just not like my local church or the church in Ontario, but um, I would like the world church to to stop worrying so much. I mean, not worrying, but like spending so much time arguing about things that are important yes but like that aren't as essential as some other things like for example we've been arguing about women's ordination for so long um and i think we we spend and like mind you it's a very important issue i i really believe that this is something that should be talked about and we should make a decision on it but i think like sometimes we just spend so much time on these issues that we could be using that time and energy for like something a lot more substantial. Like we could be talking about how we can do more ministry or, you know, we could talk about how to reach third world countries or something, you know, something other than that. So I would really like to see um, Badwin's Church has like less arguing and less debates over things that are important, but don't have to be talked about for so long. <laughs> How do we achieve that? That's hard because, you know, when you feel strongly about something, um, it's really hard to just let it go and be like, oh, it's okay, I'm going to stop. Like, I'm going to agree to disagree. It's just not as easy as, as saying that sometimes. Um, we just really need to be transformed by Christ, I think. Um, until we have Christ's character, we're never going to learn how to work together peacefully and accomplish the mission that Christ gave us. All right. Uh, thank you, Victoria, for uh, being on the show. Before I let you go, do you have any plug-in shout-outs or good reads that you'd like to share with the audience? For good reads, I would highly, highly recommend um, reading a book called uh, The Remnant by Clifford Goldstein. It's a really amazing book about what makes the Adventist Church special and why why is it different from other denominations? So I think it's a book that every Adventist should read because it's it's really powerful. And the author is a, and a really amazing writer. So I'd highly recommend that book. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, thank you so much, Victoria. Thanks for having me. <laughs>